Keru Olyu. Happy Christmas to you all. On Perspective this week, we have some Christmas reflections from President of Tynwald, Lawrence Skelly, Bishop Peter, and Chief Minister Alf Cannon. We also hear some of their favourite Christmas music. Well, Christmas for me was uh, growing up in a pub hotel in Ramsey, and uh, which was always a very, very busy time. So uh, the whole family would be helping out, you know, in the bar, in the in the dining room, uh, washing up, you name it. So for us, it was a very, very busy time. But uh, I do have very fond memories, uh, and uh, with regards to having serving the dinner on Christmas Day to the guests, we then ate afterwards. Um, but prior to that uh, Christmas Eve, I always remember with my mother, uh, very religious, used to do the uh, midnight mass. And I think that's what really installed some real faith in me and what the real meaning of, of Christmas is all about. And uh, in, in terms of Christmas, obviously, uh, waking up on, on, on Christmas morning, the, one of the first things that most families uh, or young children would do is uh, go to see whether Father Christmas has left any presents. Were you a, a naughty child and ended up with a bag of suit or, or did you get some nice presents? I, I did quite, quite well and uh, the one of course is the is the soccer, is getting the tangerine I think at the time, satsuma if you're really good. Uh, in fact I give it to my kids now and uh, they, they sort of chuckle at me now but uh, no, the, the football was the big one present I remember I think as a young lad uh, you know to that, that era thought fancy myself as the next George Best of course that was not to be uh, but having having a, having a brand new football and then of course all you want to do then is go outside and play football you know so uh, that was Boxing Day and the, the rest of your holidays. And in terms then of uh, of the well yes it was supposed to be move on to to Christmas dinner I mean you were saying that uh, you serve it up for the guests did the guests get a better version of Christmas dinner than than the, the household or, or was it a, 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 an equal 50-50 job? It's the classic, uh, you know, the family eat last, uh, really. So, you know, no, there was always plenty, I have to say, uh, from that point of view. So we, we did enjoy a good Christmas meal. Uh, turkey was the was the tradition there and uh, a standard. Uh, but, but I do remember, uh, you know, the, the trifle and, of course, the Christmas pudding as well. So it was obviously a, little, a great time to, uh, to to grow up and enjoy in a pub. And in that atmosphere, whilst it was hard work, don't get me wrong, uh, but that time was, was, was really, you know, uh, very much uh, treasured and um the, the, the were the games at christmas time did you ever did you ever play any sort of christmas games or um were you just all so tired by the time you got <laughs> to the end of the day that that was it no, I, I can't say there was really games because uh, it just went on. So as we would have the guests having their, their lunches, uh, the family and afterwards, and then by that by the, by night time you just want to watch a bit of telly really at the end of the day, and then of course come Boxing Day it's, it all starts again. So it was, as I say, quite a busy time uh, as such there. And I suppose no real time off over over Christmas. Uh, if, if you know, if you're serving on Christmas Day and uh, Boxing Day, St Stephen's Day, uh, you you really wouldn't get any any days off. No, uh, but as a, as a child, you know, uh, again, if you you know, in this particular case, the one I always remember is the football, going to play football uh, with, with your with your friends, and so which was great. You know, we we really enjoyed that. So so yes, fond memories uh, of Christmas time, and I think you know we we all have that, and then you try and pass on some of those uh, traditions, really, don't you? And I I suppose another interesting element for for you would have been uh, when you actually moved away because you were away in America for a while, weren't you? Um, What was different about Christmas in America? 
Well, uh, Thanksgiving was bigger than Christmas. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we were in business for ourselves, and you, there was one day off, uh, Christmas Day. And and actually, those there are those with the re- religious beliefs who did not believe they wanted to take Christmas Day off. Uh, so they insisted on working, uh, which is a which is a different uh, different you know I guess uh, background altogether. But uh, Thanksgiving was bigger than Christmas. There's no doubt about it because it was a it was a four day weekend. Whereas Christmas was one day off, and actually New Year's was also a, a normal standard working day, so there was no big extended holidays like we enjoy right here. And the the part of America you were in was it uh, was it a cold part on, uh, over the Christmas, or was it uh, um, out on the on the, on the beach, uh, <laughs> sunning yourself? It was, and uh, actually we lived in Southern California. Whilst it, the weather was pleasant, uh, it wasn't necessarily swimming weather, but, uh, and ironically enough, of course, now we're, we're back home and doing the New Year's dip, you know, which is a, quite, quite a contrast. But anyone who came over on holiday, they did want to go swimming you know, at Christmas time because that would be a big thing, uh, without a doubt. So, so yes, we, we, we enjoyed it. It was a different lifestyle, but we would still have, as, as, uh, I guess, as traditional uh, a Christmas as, as we possibly could. We've got time now for one of uh, your favourite uh, pieces of Christmas music. Uh, so could you introduce this for us? Yes, uh, the, my, my first favourite will be uh, Baby in Bethlehem, uh, which is uh, which is Manx. And for me, I re- think I recall this actually being sung at a Crunyak in the Murak Park back in the 70s. And I very clearly remember it being sung by, and I don't know who that was at the Crunyak, but I think it was actually, and I also remember it being sung by Emma Christian in Peel Castle one time when I brought back a, a group of Americans, which was just absolutely surreal. Uh, a real, um, you know, a favorite of mine, personal favorite of mine.
Obviously, having returned to the island, becoming an MHK, um, political life uh, over Christmas is is, is a, a sort of a different experience as well, isn't it? Because uh, whilst people may think that they're incredibly busy uh, in the run-up to Christmas with uh, all the preparations that they need to do for the family and making sure that they've, they've got their presents bought on Christmas Eve and, and uh, all of that. Um, as a politician, you've got a whole lo- raft of additional commitments uh, over Christmas. Yeah, there's a lot, I think, civic duties, civic roles, and it's important, I think, to actually be there because, uh, you know, this is obviously it's a celebration, but it's also another opportunity, I think, to connect with the very people that you serve. And, and of course, you know, we're getting back into the heart of what Christmas is all about. And, uh, you know, we must be thankful for what we've got, but we should also, also reflect uh, on those less fortunate. And that's, that's a great opportunity. And I think as a politician, you You've got a duty, I think, you know, to, to, to consider that more so than you would in your normal day-to-day uh, roles. So uh, a great time to reflect, be thankful for what you've got and consider those who are less fortunate. And then what can you do? You get onto the New Year's resolution. What can you do to change and help those people who are less fortunate? And we know they are not just far away they are near as well and they always have been but more so today because of course you know cost of living crisis etc there's a lot of people uh, really concerned and uh, worried you know where where they're going to be in the new year you know that is relatively negative tone uh, tone but i think it is something we should all reflect on do you think um society generally has sort of lost its way a bit in relation to christmas i mean it's still very um, strongly kept and, and a, a, a warmly uh, uh, observed time of the year. Um, but do you think we've, we've lost our way a bit in terms of uh, all the, the, the sort of commercial side of Christmas? 
Yes, I mean, commercialism has is, is taken over. You know, we've seen it with Hop Junet, haven't we? Uh, something called Halloween that's taken over, whereas Hop Junet is our oldest traditional Manx tradition, you know, tradition here on the island, and it's something we all are proud of and we, we, we want to preserve. You know, Christmas is, is, is universal, um, so it's, it's a little little different. But again, I, I think it's about getting back to what it's all about, and it's, it's that time to reflect. And uh, whilst we can get overawed with the commercialism, um, which is all well and good to buy a gift, you know, for those your loved ones. You want to show some appreciation, and uh, and of course be thankful for what you get. But once more, I would just emphasise the point about reflecting on those less fortunate. In terms of the, I mean, you mentioned your favourite uh, Christmas uh, present. If someone bought you a, a football uh, for Christmas uh, now, would you would you have an equal uh, amount of glee, or are you more of a a uh, pair of socks and a few hankies, uh, man. <laughs> yes, I think we all get those, don't we? And uh, <laughs> it's a certain age, I think, uh, from a male point of view. But uh, fo- football, yeah, still enjoy it. Of course, we've got the World Cup, which is a bit strange at the moment, and uh, and political too, which uh, which is very unfortunate, personally. Um, but the uh, it, it you know football, it, it's a great great sport, no doubt about it. And again, it's very universal once more. And uh, there, there's a, there's a sport that's become very commercial but it's wonderful to see sometimes those who come from you know from poverty stricken areas uh, become international stars and some of them become are really really good role models in terms then of the skelly christmas dinner what's what's your favorite aspect of uh, of the christmas dinner uh, that's a good question, really, isn't it? You know, we all enjoy uh, food. You know, we've now, uh, our family now are a goose, uh, if we can get one, which we know is really very, very difficult. Um, so that, that that's our uh, sort of traditional meal, and you can't beat the roasties off, off, off the old goose fat, uh, to be quite honest with you. So uh, that 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 savoury is, is my favourite, uh, I have to say. And, uh, and again, as I said before, you know, with our children, whilst they're growing up and moved away, you know, now, you know, they make sure they still get the sock they still get the uh, the tangerine so uh, uh, even though they might get something more uh, uh, as well so these traditions you hope they live on and uh, again you highlight you know it's not just about you know the presence and all the commercial you know there is a real deep meaning here about christmas and again you know uh, a reflection time and your second uh, christmas piece of music Second uh, Christmas piece of music is an instrumental, uh, which is the sheep under the snow, and uh, it's 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 a beautiful uh, predominant harp playing. Um, Charles Gard, as as I recall, uh, did did a did a wonderful piece. There are others I think have done it since with, uh, and it just is a, a beautiful relaxing um, uh, tune I think, and relevant to the Isle of Man because you know in those uh, you know we always have those memories of the big snows on, on the island, and you know we we see it here in recent years and how the community have helped farmers you know we're, we're you know rescuing sheep and livestock so sheep under the snow is is is, is also a big favorite of mine nolakennel good am i nolakennel as blam Thank you. 
I suppose the the picture that remains in my memory about Christmas always is is just the beauty of it and and, and the fact that it represented something otherworldly. Uh, so early memories of Christmas would I mean would certainly be being in in church in our small village parish church um, on on Christmas Eve and on Christmas morning and the uh, the wonder actually of just hearing the scriptures read, but also. Um, snow, winter sunlight, um, you know, going out for walks on Boxing Day where the, the, the ground was frosty and crunched underneath your feet, you know, or there'd be a cold wind coming in bringing more snow. Um, so I guess those, those are the memories, that it was something otherworldly, there was always a beauty about it, a purity almost, represented maybe th- by things like snow and, and, and sunlight, which somehow just seemed to put the Christmas scriptures into perspective. And obviously, subsequently, as you've uh, grown up, you've uh, been called to to, uh, to 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 be involved with the church, uh, and presumably that uh, gives you different Christmas memories. It does, um, and and some very varied ones, really. So. You know, I, I'm sort of grateful for everything that's been given to me in terms of the opportunity to travel in my ministry as a, as a priest and particularly as a, as, as a chaplain in the army for 25 years. Um, so Christmas in a variety of different places, uh, lots of different contexts. But essentially for me, it's about telling the same story, telling the, the Christmas story, enabling people to engage with it. Um, and those those same things, those same sort of childhood memories still there all the time with me, just reminding me actually that no matter what's actually happening on the day, whatever the weather might really be like, there is something about Christmas that calls us to look differently at our lives and to look differently at the way that we live. And what would you say your most exotic location for Christmas has been? Uh, well, it's probably not going to sound all that exotic, but I, th- I think probably one of the most 
uh, one of the most challenging and rewarding ones was um, was in Kosovo uh, with, um, with with uh, with a British battle group, but as part of a United Nations operation. It was seriously cold. It was snowy. Um, travel was really difficult, but actually getting round to a variety of bases um, and enabling enabling soldiers to mark Christmas in their own way, you know, to be with them, to help serve Christmas lunch, to lead them in singing some carols. So that would be a fairly special memory, I think. There'd be others as well, but most of my Christmases, I have to say, have have been in the Northern Hemisphere where it's been cold and snowy. I've never, I've never had Christmas down under or anything like that. And, and I suppose in, in terms of uh, not just Christmas, but generally... Uh, um, administering to the needs of uh, soldiers uh, it must must be difficult at the best of times um, but uh, certainly um, in a war situation and and particularly at Christmas time that must be a very difficult uh, thing to have to do. That's it and just so interesting to see people's responses to these things. Um, sometimes I mean, sometimes it would simply be the fact that one was away from home that that was really difficult. I mean, you know, soldiers will put up with pretty much anything um, and they're used to the dangers that they're exposed to on military operations. But actually, there is something about being away from your family at Christmas, being away from home. And particularly if you know you've still got several months before you get back again. Um, and uh, and that is difficult, maybe because, you know, pretty much most people have those those childhood memories of Christmas, the ones that I spoke about earlier on. They'll be different for each person, but in our own way, we all have them. Um, and around around Christmas, if you're away from home, if you're separated from people, um, you know, that can be really a time of of acute loneliness and difficulty. And I guess I would say my task then simply was to, you know, to share that with people, to to be with them at that time, able to perhaps just to offer them friendship, care, support, encouragement, whatever it may be. Um, and it was a shared experience. You know, we were all doing the same thing. We were all away from home um, and just supported each other as best we could. In terms of Christmas generally, um, I mean, it is still very widely observed um, in the world, the society that we live, but uh, in a sadly uh, increasingly faithless sort of way. Um, do you think um, do you think we've, we've lost our way a bit uh, in relation to Christmas? I think we live in a time that is confused and uncertain, where we have a large number of competing um, narratives actually sort of clamouring for attention in the public space. Um, and, and, and the Christmas story doesn't really do that. I think I would say it's, you know, it's, we've, we've lived with it for 2,000 years. And in that time, it has, it has been proclaimed powerfully. It has been forgotten. It has been um, suppressed. It has come back again. And it is still with us. Uh, and I guess that otherworldly sort of timelessness that the Christmas story represents will to some extent always be there because it speaks to the depths of the human soul. It speaks to us um, about uh, about beautiful things and what life might be like. Um, and I guess, you know, the task for me, for you, for all of us as human beings at Christmas is maybe to say, let me let me just step back from everything else that I'm engaged in and see if I can make space now just for peace and quiet. Maybe let those carols, those hymns, those scriptures just wash over me again and say, what, do, what does the Christmas story say to me? What does it speak of?
and my suggestion would be that it it, it speaks of it speaks of peace and calm and grace and goodness in the midst of everything else that goes on in human life you know so we read the story of the nativity um a, a family looking for somewhere to live a, a woman expecting a baby um in a country that was in occupation a census was happening so you know the occupying power was making life as difficult as it possibly could for the people there um and you go and go and get counted, go and get numbered, as it were, as part of the census. That's what Mary and Joseph were doing. And in the midst of all of that, when there's no space for them to find anywhere to to be accommodated, you know, the baby is born. Um, I, I, I leave it there, perhaps, for people to make their own interpretation. But, you know, this is happening in the midst of human life, of real life. And I guess that, for me, is where the real beauty of the Christmas story is. It's, it's, not, um, it's not something that is of our imagination it's a real historical event um and that birth happened and it happened in all the sort of tribulation and pain of childbirth in the midst of um, an occupied country um, and there out of that comes this story that has lived with us for 2000 years that speaks to us now of god's presence among us god coming to dwell and and live in our midst that's what happened that's what that's what it was and you know, that is such a wonderful story, I guess, that I sp I've spent my whole life so far trying to understand it, and that's what I'll continue to do. If I offer a favourite carol, um, I think I'm going to say In, in the Bleak Midwinter, uh, simply because of the poetic beauty of that. So the poetry of, of Christina Rossetti, um, a 19th century pre-Raphaelite English poet, um, and artist, and a be beautiful poetry which begins with that idea of in the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made mo moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Maybe it wasn't like that in the Middle East, but I mean, that gives us the idea of, if you will, that sort of hostility of the natural environment into which the, the Christ child was born. And then uh, uh, Christina Rossetti goes on to consider just the reality of God, our God Heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth will flee away when he comes to reign. The, the immensity, the glory, the grandeur, the wonder of God, made present and visible just in this small child born in the stable in the midst of winter. And then it concludes by um, asking the question, what, what can I give him, poor as I am? You know, how can I respond to God's love in Christ? Um, and... The, the sort of final part of that last verse, you know, what, what, I ca what I can give is what I will give, give my heart. You know, God's love requires the response of our own love, of our heart. So that's a poem, but a poem of great beauty, and, and Carol is well known and familiar, so that I think would be the Carol that I would choose.
do you get as irritated as I do uh, about um, Christmas it's beginning in the shops in September and uh, if you haven't managed to buy your Christmas tree chocolate decorations I, I particularly get irritated by this one by the middle of November um, you're too late because they've all sold out yeah I, I mean that's um, that's uh, that's the way it is now I guess um, I suppose I've uh, uh, we live with that um, that's part that's that's part of life and in a sense if people really want to anticipate christmas and look forward to it that much then then so be it i think i would simply say let's not let it creep forward too much um and and there are some beautiful moments that arise out of that so actually for example the days immediately before christmas when we've had the um we've had all the civic events and maybe most of the school carol services have happened perhaps the schools have broken up um, and those last few days before Christmas, leading up to Christmas Eve, magical, beautiful. Um, and similarly, actually, the days after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year, when it's all happened and, and the fuss has sort of settled down, um, and maybe people then do have the time and the space that they need. So I think I, I would always try simply to say to people, no matter how busy and frenetic and rushed it may seem beforehand, give yourself a little bit of time just before Christmas and in those days between Christmas and New Year um, and give yourself time and space and, and give yourself something of a break. I think you know, that was what my practical advice would be. And that is one of the things that um, I think most of us in, in, in the society in, in the Isle of Man would very clearly and firmly be in um, enjoying about Christmas. It is that magical time, isn't it? It's oh yeah, and, and it is. It's a spiritual time for for so many people, um, and uh, a fantastic, uh, uh, well, just a, a fantastic time of the year, which everyone seems to get behind. Yeah, I, I mean it, that's surely one of the things that Christmas does for us. It, it has that unifying effect. Um, you know, if if there are if there are things that have happened in the year, sadnesses, disappointments, many things, and all of us will have had those, um, actually maybe Christmas can say to us, remember, we, we share all of this together. Um, you know, your disappointment or sadness is, is mine. We're called upon to, to live together as human beings. And that sort of at the local individual level, also, of course, at the global level, um, and you know stories, for example, of the of the ceasefire and the truce on Christmas Day and the First World War. I mean, you know, if only there could be something similar in the wars around the world today. I think, to some extent, there is. I mean, I, th I think the idea of, of 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 Christmas will always be something that can point us towards peace and maybe um, a, a greater sense of shared humanity. I think for us here on the island, I, I mean, you are absolutely right. We you know, we rejoice in our in our own spiritual and cultural tradition here. Christmas is a really important part of that, um, and there are wonderful things that happen here. Of, of course, a very busy time of the year for you and the the clergy. Um, how do you get time off, or do you, uh, is it, you, you do you have to wait until um, um, the afternoon of Christmas Day where you can put your feet up and um, and uh, tuck into a bit of turkey, or how does that work? 
Um, I, I tend to wait until about the 27th of December, I have to say. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I love, as I've said, those days just before Christmas, Christmas Eve, normally the midnight mass, um, Christmas morning services, um, something probably later in the day, some pastoral work. Um, on, on, on Boxing Day here, we now have, um, we always have a, a, a group of people who come round <laughs> and perform some dances on our forecourt, you know, the Hunt the Wren tradition, which is which is a great thing. So we do that on on Boxing Day and, and are happy to welcome people for that. Um, then after that, normally, the, the pattern for, for Gail and myself has normally been that from the 27th onwards, we'd maybe just have a few days off and that would lead us up to the new year. Um, and you know that's great, and that that really is when there would be family time, and maybe we'll travel over to see um, to see Gail's mother and and one or two other people as well as part of that. So something else, which is also known as a carol, but really is a, is is a is a folk song, I guess, um, called the Sands Day Carol, Sands Day or Sant Day or Holy Day, um, and it's a it's a variation of the holly and the ivy. Um, but it's sung to a, a sort of more folksy tune, and certainly it works well as a carol and with um, with traditional organ accompaniment, but it can work really well also, for example, with guitars and an accordion or as a, as a folk song, a folk carol. Um, and the reason I love that, I guess, is not just because of the bouncy tune and uh, and the excitement of it, but again, the idea of the words which link up the whole story of of Christmas with redemption. So the first verse... The holly bears a berry as white as the milk, and Mary bore Jesus and wrapped him in silk. And then the second verse, the holly bears a berry as green as the grass, and Mary bore Jesus who died on the cross. And then the third verse, the holly bears a berry as black as the gall, and Mary bore Jesus who died for us all. And then finally, the holly bears a berry as blood, it is red. And praise we our Saviour who rose from the dead. So the Christmas story in this carol is linked then with the mystery of the resurrection at Easter, the the fullness of the story of our redemption in God, in, in Christ. So the Sands Day carol, bouncy, beautiful, joyful, a folk song, a folk carol, but that would be my other choice.
the holly bears a berry as black as the coal. And Mary bore Jesus, who died for us all. And Mary bore Jesus, our Savior for to be. And the first tree in the greenwood, it was the holly. Holly, oh holly. And the first tree in the greenwood, it was the holly. Yeah, it's actually a very busy time of year, um, Phil, both both politically but also from a constituency perspective in terms of supporting a lot of local events. But at the same time, it's also very enjoyable. Uh, it's great uh, to go to multiple uh, nativity plays in, in the case of Aaron Michael and, of course, uh, multiple church services. I always say um, that the Sunday before... Uh, Christmas is my super super Sunday, um, and uh, invariably probably involves at least four four sets of uh, carol services. But uh, you know, I think it's um, it's a time when you do get to see your constituents, um, you know, in in a way that you don't often see them, or in a level of intensity that you don't often see them uh, throughout the rest of the year. And uh, it's also great to see so many different people interacting in so many different environments it is the blend of uh, people that you now find out um, at the various events whether they be community carol services or whether they be nativity um, plays or even various groups of people just coming together to sing sing carols in in different sets of circumstances but uh, always really at the heart of it at christmas time is uh, the children and uh, you know the children of the various villages and the children um, and the and the communities, and it's a good good reminder actually of what uh, Christmas really is all, is all about. A you know celebration of obviously Christ's birth, but uh, you know the fact that we do very much centre it around our our families and to a large degree the the, the very young, and it's always a joy to see them uh, either taking part in nativity plays or uh, carol services or indeed just seeing. Santa Claus and Father Christmas. Christmas is, was always a, a, a time, you know, that one look forward to. And I mean, it has changed through, throughout the years, I think, in many respects. There's always quite traditional in, in the family and uh, uh, very traditional 
um, lunch, albeit that we didn't usually have turkey. My father was keen on duck, actually, when I was very, very young, and so we used to get a duck at Christmas. Um, and, of course, you know, the chance um, to relax together. And I think I was used to look forward to, to the, you know, after after Christmas, sit down and, and actually be able to, to watch a film on the, uh, on, on the television. Um, and, of course, now it's uh, changed a bit because uh, the kids have so many, and children have different, so many different options, don't they? And uh, uh, we still have family Christmases, and but they generally tend to be be much bigger now, um, with uh, three siblings and various uh, uh, nieces and nephews. So, um, but still a lot of fun. Favorite Christmas song? Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Quite a big, uh, big question, actually. Um, lots, lots of favorite favorite tunes. But if you're asking me to um, pick one at the moment, I think. Uh, Queens, thank thank God it's Christmas. It's the worst. It's been a long, hard year, and I think that's certainly true in uh, as far as 22 is concerned.
the year because of course you lost your father during the year and it is you know it's a time where, where you reflect on, on on the people who are no longer with us as well as mm. celebrating the people who are still there yeah it will be a bit strange this year without dad but um like you know, you know we will take probably pause take time to reflect but uh you know there's it's also time to um look forward as well isn't it and uh uh, also spend time with with as I say family members who may not have seen that much um, th- throughout the year but yeah certainly there'll be slightly different um, uh, emphasis if you like or feel about the about the place and uh, as I'm sure there will be the same for, for, for many families in those uh, circumstances but uh, yeah but I mean I think uh, one's still looking forward to it and and also pushing forward into uh, 2023 as well and, and setting the goals and objectives that you would set as, a, as individuals and maybe looking forward as a family as well as to what, what's uh, going to happen in the, in the year ahead. Presumably, you're, you're reasonably content with the year that's just gone. Um, great plans for the year ahead? Yeah, I've always got great plans, um, Phil. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we know that we know the challenges of it's a very um, challenging world that we're living in, in, in at the moment. I don't expect it to, to get any easier. And of course, you know, I want them to, to move the island forward and create a better island for for everybody. Um, that's why that's why I'm in in politics is to is to is to do that. And yeah, of course, within that, there will be lots of things that that one will want to um, achieve. But of course, one also sort of thinks at a more basic level and and wants to make sure that that people are. Um, surviving they're getting the the right levels of support that we're giving everybody the opportunities to improve themselves and uh you know we're dealing and, and delivering the, the, the best public services so hey, hey listen i mean there's always a huge amount to, to want to achieve and i think also within that you need to think about both yourself and you know of course your, your family as well and what, what they need to to achieve and what they want to achieve in the year and you won't be talking politics around the christmas uh, dinner table banned <laughs> Quite right too, and a second favourite uh, cr- Christmas piece of music. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go for um, Chris Rear's "Driving Home for Christmas." Um, you know, I think certainly that song that uh, I was used to enjoy listening to, particularly as you know, as a younger man when I wasn't on the island at the time, but but getting home to see family and friends and indeed I think whenever the circumstances whether you're leaving work work for the last time or 
um, whatever whatever situation you're in when you finally get home, you know, on the 23rd, 24th of Christmas, whenever that is. And, you know, you've got probably a couple of days um, to look forward to with, with the family. It's always a nice song, I think, to um, to take time to, to, to reflect to. And I think it shares the value uh, of everybody, um, or most people anyway, um, having that opportunity. And, and one final word, if, if uh, I can. I mean, I think there's always a pause for reflection isn't there at Christmas because there are people who aren't necessarily going to have a great um, day and uh, uh, for whatever reason and of course you know thought, thoughts with them and I, I hope that they can find somebody to share it with because they don't always be the case that, that families are around absolutely everybody so I do take time to, to think of them and indeed of course those people in the public service who, who are working so and perhaps I'll take the chance to, to wish them all the best whilst I'm talking to you
Just the same. He's trying. 